Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. I am Mike, we got Max, we got Shane, and we got a big show today. Our guest is Jay Baruchel, the host of the brand new show, Coming to Crave, We're All Gonna Die, even Jay Baruchel. He is the host of that. We'll talk a bit about that show uh, before our interview with Jay. But uh, guys, lots been going on. As you'll hear in the Jay interview, we, you know, we invite him to Ellicottville because we've just come back from a big birthday party in Ellicottville, uh, New York State. Um, um, we're all back. We're here back in Canada. Uh, and there's lots going on in the news. So I feel like there's so much to get to. Let's just get to it. Maxie, how are you feeling? Shaney, how are you doing? I, he should have come. He should have come to the the birthday weekend. We had Jay should have. We had the best time ever, right? We did. Yeah. Yes, I miss the Ville. I guess we're calling it. But yeah, I may or may not have COVID. I don't know. <laughs> we left on a Thursday, and Thursday afternoon, Alex told me she had COVID. So no, no, Friday morning I found out. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think anyone has COVID. I think this is a hoax to uh, keep you from coming to Ellicottville and now to punish you for, because uh, you're supposed to be coming to this kids in the wow. hall thing tonight. And that's not on anymore. I, 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 I think it's, uh, it's all a little suspicious. Once I get to Ellicottville though, she knows I'm not going back. If, if she was smart, <laughs> you tell me right before Ellicottville. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's yeah, true. I, I don't. Th- I think if Alex was faking it, that would be your plan. I think you just punched a pretty sound hole in your theory, Max. Your conspiracy theory. Uh, That's which true. This this pod started to sound very Joe Rogany for a second there. I didn't know <laughs> if you were denying COVID. Uh, and for and for like our listen for a lot of us that went down to New York for this birthday party, 
many of us have had COVID in the last uh, month or two. So it's been through a lot of us and our families already. So then you kind of feel like there's like an extra layer of, you know, they say you can't get it in 90 days or it's very, very unlikely. And it would seem though that Shane is in that rare minority uh, where it seems like maybe he got came back and then did get it. But from like in, in the 20 family. days or something, this is the, the crazy yeah, one. I, you I got first, it like two weeks ago. March 27th was my first time having COVID. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's May 3rd on this recording. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And... <laughs> Yeah, I, I tested while I was in Ellicottville because we were also, this was for Sean, the real estate agent, Dawson's 40th birthday party. And his dad was partying with us and his dad's in his mid seventies. So I was concerned. I, I don't know all the science. Everyone else, however, on planet earth knows the exact thing that can and can't happen. And <laughs> none of it's like in order with each other. It's all like aligned with their own theories and um, social events going on. But I, <laughs> I, I tested down there and thank goodness it said that I didn't have COVID while we were down there. Mm -hmm. So I was able to relax and party it up like everyone else. But when I got home, you know, Alex wanted to uh, get frisky maybe. And then my kids coughing (laughs) in my face and all this stuff. So (laughs) I just started thinking, okay, I could, even though there was a theory that within 90 days, it's impossible. But the next morning I tested and the line said I had COVID to my understanding you can get a false negative, but false positives are very rare. Mm-hmm. So I try to be responsible and put it in our group and tell everyone. And we were supposed to see kids in the hall tonight, but it just opened the floodgates for mockery and theories. <laughs> and <laughs> Popolis had this huge message he sent to me that, uh, by the way, you having COVID is medically impossible was the word. <laughs> he's Mensa too. He has his Mensa degree. So when he's not a doctor. Many people are good at bed mess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for, for context, we're, there's a big documentary screening for the kids in the hall. They've got this documentary out. It looks really cool. Uh, us, we were going to go to it with Manager Ash and of course, John Popolis. The, the whole plan sort of fell apart with the news of Shane's uh, uh, positive you know, test. Uh, and that's okay. But John, I think John was taking it hard. He really wanted read to go the to the message. Stock. Say? You don't have COVID again, LOL. <laughs> it is literally medically impossible to get it again after 90 <laughs> days of infection. You have residual antibodies that can, and looks like did, show up very faintly on a rapid test. And you're coughing because of that triggered immune response, but you don't actually have it. And then he's saying, not saying you should go tonight, but I'm telling you, if you did indeed have it a month ago, you don't have it again, which is a great fun theory. But I talked to a, a doctor who works at a hospital who deals with COVID and she said I could definitely have it. So it's medically possible. And if I had the Delta variant first, there's a 20 percent less chance mm. that I would get Omicron now. But it's huh. just 20 percent less. And I don't know which variant I had the first time around. Yeah. So well, I, all I'm trying to do is due diligence and uh, it's making me very frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're, helping you're either, making... Max. <laughs> Max has yeah, a not... theory that I want to get out of the kids in the hall thing tonight for some reason. Or that Alex is trying to sabotage you. Or I that, find that more it's likely. always yeah. Alex sabotage. So she got a marker and put the perfect faint line That's on the that. positive reading. Yeah, it's like a pink, it's like a light pink highlighter yeah. that kind of looks like the, the faint red line that we all are scared of. No. Um, but hey, but let, okay, you know, I just want to talk, let's talk about the weekend a little bit and then we can talk about some current events. Um, it was such an awesome weekend. I was, I was talking to actually my, my parents about this because uh, I saw them after I got back. And 
the interesting thing about our friend group is that about probably in the year up to COVID in before times, that was when most people start to have their children, like in the year or two leading into COVID. And so as a result, each, each month, one by one, guys were sort of falling off the map and, you know, couldn't really be around as much. And naturally, because they're being attentive husbands and, and good fathers. So, you, you know, you don't see anybody who, who has a new kid. And then COVID hits and then nobody's really hanging out with for two years. So this was sort of the first like real proper get together, an extended trip, something that we used to do all the time because we've been many places together as a group uh, where there was no conversation of, oh, I got to be up tomorrow at six in the morning, uh, you know, take the kids to school or I got to. So none of that. And someone uh, tried me, at one point mentioning children. You went, oh, oh, no, no, none of that. Yeah, you stop it right Max. away and we just had to stop. <laughs> well, you know what? I was talking to Savelli and he was like on it and we were driving, we drove back together. And he's like, honestly, it was an amazing weekend. We were both like sort of reveling in the camaraderie and the conversations. And he was like, honestly, I don't think I heard about one deck being built or one fucking child the whole fucking weekend. <laughs> yes. And, and it was, it was, so it was really great. And, um, what I love about the weekend, a weekend like this is that um, you get so much like opportunity for one-on-one time or conversations with like, you know, two or three people. So we're in a chalet with 20 of us, but you end up breaking up into little groups, you know, every, and every couple hours, the, the groups change, uh, and you reconnect with someone who you maybe haven't had a real good human conversation with for a long time. Well, there's like, there's like the kitchen area. Then there's like the hot tub station. It's like, yeah. you can go to different stations the where there's grouping. <laughs> exactly. The living And then you, and then that's where you can connect. And it's always a different, um, configuration of people. And, you know, like our group is like large, but really close knit. And um, we're able to have those sort of like conversations that maybe we haven't had an extended time to have since we've all sort of our lives have changed. Yeah. And we um, at at the bar, I think somebody asked Savelli. So like, why, why are there 20 of you here? And like, oh, it's our friend Sean's 40th birthday party. And they were like, oh, so is it like four or five different groups of friends that are all kind of friends through Sean? And Savelli was like, nope. It's just one big group and like anybody could be going out for lunch with any one person on any day of the week. <laughs> that was like such a great way to put it. Um, but my question for you guys, is there anybody who you um, sort of reconnected with? And I, I'll go first. That was going to be my question it. to you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so my, uh, I think we've probably talked about this on the pod before, but my old roommate, uh, Al, uh, who is a very, very sweet guy, a great friend. Um, and he used to go by the name, uh, simple Al, or at least we called him simple Al. Cause he likes simple things. <laughs> like he liked <laughs> drinking beer on his lazy boy and cooking barbecue and watching hockey. Like he was that, that he's that kind of guy. And then his life sort of changed. He met a very special person, uh, Sarah, they moved out to Prince Edward County. They have a child together and Al is no longer simple Al. Al is woke Al. Al is by far the wokest friend we have. He's a vegetarian. He's the first person to call somebody out if they say something like a little like offside. Uh, he has a very sort of genteel, sort of sweet, soft nature. And also um, super has become super vulnerable with his feelings in a way that maybe you didn't get so much when he was simple Al. So in reconnecting with Al, you know, at, at the dinner on the Saturday night, I got like, you know, an hour of just him 
and I each talking about our feelings and any sort of hardships that we've been through in the last couple of years. Was and that a, sorry, was that a doorbell? That was at your a doorbell. Place, Max? Is that Al? Have That's you Al. Al, 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 Al buy yes. some baked goods <laughs> just as a as a thank you uh, for the hang? Um, but yeah, Al was. Um, it was really good to connect, reconnect with Al. Who, who do you, who's on your uh, on your list? For me, it was Craig. Mm. What uh, what's what's Craig's last name again? Smith. Smith. I didn't connect that much, but didn't connect uh, too much. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on a first name basis, though. That's pretty tight, right? But yeah, Craig is a guy I hadn't seen in maybe four or five years, but he's so I don't like I don't know how to describe him. Like handsome Kramer. Like he yeah. has like a weird style. He was wearing like zebra kind of parachuted tight jeans. Like it was hard to just, like he pulls anything off. He's like <laughs> six, three, he's fit. He's goofy. He's fun. He can beat me at ping pong, which I always enjoy the challenge of anytime anyone can beat me at a game or something like it's fun for me. Um, he's modest, very modest. He, yeah. He's modest. That, that kind of annoying though. That's the Mark Myers thing oh. he has about him too. That's kind of <laughs> irritating. But he had, that was the biggest scare because we're connecting, <laughs> we're having fun, we're playing basketball. He's a great guy to play ball with. And then I don't think he hydrated enough on the first day. Second day, I hear this huge crash, then another, and then another. I thought guys were rolling out of the bunk beds or something or playing some stupid game or wrestling. He fainted and bit through his lip. Yeah. So, yeah that, so then we couldn't play basketball <laughs> with him or do anything. We had to, you know. Well, we were scary. all like wondering, we we're like, oh God, what happened to, you know, he's a very healthy person. What possibly happened? How did, how did he of all of us be the one that really like passed out? And we're like, all right, let's go through the details here. Okay. He's a vegan, so he can't really eat anything in the house. He <laughs> yeah. hasn't eaten since lunch the previous day. <laughs> he's drank for 12 hours straight and then went in the hot tub for the final three hours of the night from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. So making you very dehydrated. And we're going to have to ask Popolis what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a member. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he was great. It's so funny that you guys said Craig and Al because those might have been my two answers. Mm, because yeah. I did end up uh, at the, the the one of the dinners on one of the nights. Al and I ended up sitting and having a long chat, which was great. Uh, and Craig, I just hadn't. I don't see Craig that much, so it was good. Uh, it was really good to see him. Uh, but for me, I guess I'll say just to not mention you two is like Bruce. I like I like being around Bruce Dawson, who is Sean's. Uh, you mentioned dad, and he made like this wonderful meal on the the Friday night that was like we do this thing called man's night which if we if we, if we ever do a post pandemic we probably have to like rebrand it uh but it's like it was like this thing where when we were younger this is like a decade ago we would all go in at bruce's place him and his his good buddy uh harry uh they would like make us a huge meal and we would all hang out and get really boozy and it was really really like nice and it was just cool to connect with bruce like that for a few days because uh yeah he's like one of those dads that's like awesome to have around, you know? Well, it was just funny too, because we'd go to the bar and there'd be literally 20 men between the age of 33 to 40, basically like in that demo. And then one 77 year old. <laughs> yeah. Bruce was committed. Bruce was, Bruce is great. Well, and you know, we always talk about this. Greg and I talk about this a lot because like, so I was like, I've talked about this on pods before, but like we lost, I lost my dad. Um, but like, we always talked about how, like whenever our dad would come out, cause my dad, Roy boy, he wanted to party. And for Greg and I, we'd always be like, Oh dad, like he's going to come out and drink like 5,000, you know, Coors and whatever. We get a little bit embarrassed, but our friends would be like, no, like, 
Roy's cool. He's a good hang. Or like, you know, we have other friends whose dads party with us. I don't know why this is a thing that happens with our groups. Uh, but, uh, and everybody has their own unique sort of embarrassment. What's lovely about, it seems the Dawson, Sean and Brody and their dad is they don't seem to have that. And then for, for me, I just love being around Bruce because it's not like a father figure, but I feel like being around him reminds me when my dad used to be around, but in a way where I don't cringe, which is very nice. Uh, uh, so yeah, it was good to be around him for the weekend. So I'd, I'd say Bruce. No, that's a good pick. So I think those were the three all-stars for sure though. Yeah. The other thing, which is so great, um, is that like, you know, despite everybody, um, having evolved and turned into, you know, responsible fathers and husbands and, and working people, despite all of that evolution, like at our core, like we are just boys that want to sleep over. That's like all we want is just like, okay, so we can hang out with our, our buddies and like eat junk food really late and like just talk for hours and, you know, just be making jokes and j- j- basically with a pretty similar disposition as, as an 11 year old going to sleep over. <laughs> it's the same. It's right. It's just like nothing. Let's keep in mind. There's 20 guys in one house. Every, like every bed is being shared. There's either single beds or you're sharing a bed. Like there's not like a, no one has their own room in the room that I was in downstairs. I was sharing a room with Craig, no, sharing a bed with Craig. You guys had like the barracks. You had like bunk beds. Yeah, we had bunk beds. Savelli, who, you know, who's a professor at McMaster. He was above us. Uh, there's two other guys in the other beds and it was just like, this is awesome. It's so, so great. Max, do you think it would be weird for, you know, maybe fans of yours who are like, oh, he's this big rock star. He plays arenas to hear that on your vacation, you, you chill in a bunk bed. Oh, that's all I want though. Actually, it was kind of funny. Cause I thought, cause we were in America, I'd be slightly less known. So I, uh, we were at a bar and Dave Matthews band was, was being played and I was starting to talk shit about Dave Matthews band. I was like, does anybody actually like Dave Matthews band? I was just <laughs> trying to be gregarious. And I like yelled at a couple that were sitting at the bar next to us. Like, hey, you two, Dave Matthews band, any good? Not really. Right. And they looked at me and they're like, he's okay. We like your band a lot more. There's some Canadians that were in there and that ended up owning the chalet that we were at. Uh, but we ended up having That's a, a time weird coincidence. Yeah, it is weird that they happen to be the same Do you think they we followed were. you? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just quick. No, they're, they're lovely, actually. This is the pot of conspiracy theories right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. But um, anyway, uh, let's, let's move on to a few topics. Well, before. But the only thing missing, I think, from that trip was a delicious blue lobster. Mm. Mm. That's true. They don't have, I don't know if they have them in America yet. That's our next uh, step for world domination with blue lobster is get that everywhere. We'll bring it down. We'll oh, bring it down to the States. I met some pod listeners, by the way. So I got to uh, shout out Nick in particular. I'd be so remiss if I didn't mention Nick. He was, he was a great, great guy. Yes. So, Where, so where'd nice. You, where'd you meet him? I met him every night. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I actually can, in Ellicottville. I talked to him more than anyone the entire trip. It's two nights That's in a row. That's who you like reconnecting with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He's number one. Yeah. And I checked my DMs and I had actually talked to him in 2018. So I have had a relationship with him for uh, many years, just unbeknownst to me. So it was great to reconnect with him. Yeah. Yeah. He was a really, <laughs> really cool. sweet guy. Um, and guys, Blue Lobster, what else is there to say about uh, this very seamless uh uh, sponsor integration. Nova Scotia's finest, number one. You know, last True. last week we did a willing to learn segment because they sent us some swag. It said willing to learn. We talked about willing oh, to learn yeah. new languages, new love languages. Uh, I thought that was a pretty successful segment. But um, I was just thinking about, you know, if we were to write a commercial for uh, for Blue Lobster. Mm. And um, you have endless you know. ideas, don't you, Max, when it comes to sponsor <laughs> deals? <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, let's. I think we we write a thirty second spot now. The cool thing about Blue Lobster is that this isn't some like downtown Toronto spot. You know, it's like we're gonna stay true to the roots of Blue Lobster, and we're gonna go you know to the Atlantic Ocean for this. Yeah. So um, you know, maybe, maybe we start. We open with with a fisherman who's come home to his wife after a long day of fishing, and they own a lighthouse together. That is where they live, and. <laughs> And he says, ah, honey, how are you? How's your day? How's your day at work? Because this is uh, the 21st century. And, and just because they're doing some old timey job, it doesn't mean that his wife isn't working. So She's the woman modern, is the fisherman? Even better. The woman is the role reversal. The, f- I the like fisher this. person. Okay. The yes. fisher person. Okay. Right. The fisher person comes And the husband's home. mad, right? Because She's late. The, and he's been he's been at this making dinner. Oh, you know? beautiful, he's beautiful been, dinner, but it's gone cold. It's gone cold. <laughs> and he's like, "Where where have you been? Out for some drinks with your friends?" Yeah. Do you love me or do you love the sea? No, maybe not so wait, much. Wait, wait, wait. And she goes, "I do love the sea, but I just made the biggest catch of my fucking life, and you're gonna love it." <laughs> And he just crosses his arms and taps his foot. And he's like, this better be good. And then in she brings a net filled with blue lobsters. <laughs> cans, cans of blue lobster. They just yep. start cracking them open and just have the most wild night of passion ever. <laughs> passion. Yep. Yes. Yep. Passion. Yes. You know what I mean by that. <laughs> Sex. Uh, and what's, what's the tag, Mike? Like blue lobster. Um, the cure for blue balls. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep that? I don't yeah. know. I'm not one of their brand reps, but I'm assuming they're cool. Yeah. Fall in love with blue lobster. Mm. Ooh. Fall in love with blue mm-hmm. lobster. That's actually good. Fall in love with blue lobster. And, yeah. it, and it ends with uh, uh, the Fisher person like clo- looking like direct to camera while closing the door, you know? Yes. Yeah. That innuendo. Yeah. Like they're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, right. it basically revitalizes right. any, anyone's relationship. Uh, especially if you're a fisher person. Yeah. Blue lobster, uh, the motion in the ocean. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Put the motion in the ocean. Put the motion. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> <laughs> took, took me a second, but I got there. Put the motion uh, in the um well that's blue lobster uh we're very happy to have them on board guys there's lots of stuff i think it's a hit we got a hit on our hands that's good that's really good you're welcome there is lots of stuff going on in the news uh i mean again we got to get to jay uh, barishall in this episode which is a it's a great conversation before we get to him do we want to hit some stuff that's happening in pop culture like the johnny depp Amber Heard trial, which although is pretty sad and a little bit depressing, it also is very much in the news and there's lots of sort of sorted details. Uh, uh, you know, I, I never know how to feel about these things because on one hand, it's like the very famous people and it's obviously interesting. But on the other hand, it's like, ah, it's people's lives. And I don't know. What are your guys thoughts? Maxi, you have a look on your face like you, you, you don't care. You feel- No, I normally am pretty, you know, sympathetic to, to, to anybody's plight. Um, even if you're a celebrity, but the absurdity uh, of this situation um, and the sort of the idea that like these people should know better 
is what makes me think we should be able to talk and laugh about it. Do do, do, do you (laughs) know what I mean? Um, because I haven't been following quite as closely as, as you two, but uh, I can pass the mic to Shane in a second here, but just Johnny, Johnny Depp's acting on the stand is just so ridiculous. And, and just, and just hearing about the, the ins and outs of their relationship and what they put each other through just seemed like stuff from another world. Uh, what are your favorite parts, uh, Shane? It's hard for me to even, I was so excited to talk about this, like maybe a week and a half ago, but I feel like over the Ellicottville trip i talked about it with so many people but yeah i didn't um, hear you didn't talk oh, to me didn't? about it at all oh okay no, so i feel I, like I, you and i were talking years. about it nope um yeah maybe it was a school then guy had curly hair for sure um <laughs> but but yeah i'm always i'm just i feel bad for amber hurt a little bit she suffers from being unlikable and <laughs> like she just has an unlikable face you know so, some people that have affliction. that yeah like i have that a little bit so i'm like i'm like oh like i feel bad when somebody just instantly just has that look where you don't like them for some unknown reason. So she suffers from that. And Johnny Depp, he's just, he's so charismatic that people, they don't want to believe that he did anything wrong. And even when they show something on the stand that he's done wrong, he always has like the perfect line to make the jury or the audience laugh. So my favorite part of the trial was, they were the, the lawyer was saying, like, is it true you drank at 10 a.m.? He said something like that. And he's like, well, you know, pirates like their rum or something. <laughs> it was something like that. It was like five o'clock somewhere. It was that type of shit. And everyone <laughs> laughed. And it's like, who are these people who are allowed yeah. in the courtroom to support and influence everyone else in the room? Everything he says gets a fucking laugh. It's a base <laughs> on the person that the crowd is going with and not what they've actually done. And the charisma of Johnny, I find fascinating. Is it that charismatic, though? He seems insane to me. I To women, it is. And his like his weird fans. I don't know. I don't know what movie role did it to people. Was it Pirates? Was it Shaco La? <laughs> it it might have been because he's doing his hair like he didn't shuggle where he ties it back. <laughs> Well, Amber Heard uh, fired her crisis PR firm ahead of the testimony in the Johnny Depp def- defamation trial. That's bad PR. That's not a good move. The actress reportedly parted ways with the firm due to frustration over media coverage of the trial that has favored her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it's very Michael Jackson-esque. You mean his, the fandom for him, his supporters? Yes. No matter what happens, they're going to believe yeah. him. Totally. It is. It is a bizarre dynamic for sure. And one thing that did like make me laugh outside of obviously there's very serious sort of allegations within the trial and all that stuff. But I saw a clip. It was kind of someone clipped it on, I don't know, social media or whatever. And it was somebody talking on the stand. She was an Australian woman and she was describing uh, how Amber felt about going over to Johnny's. I don't know if this is later in the relationship, but the camera's on Johnny and he's listening to this testimony. And then one was like, yeah, uh, Amber didn't like going to Johnny's because uh, she said she would go over there and it was just a bunch of um, 50 year old men playing guitars. And Johnny <laughs> just has a look on his face where he just like, he just goes huh, and laughs. But he looked, it's, it was, <laughs> he looked so 
defeated in that one moment. Like he couldn't help but laugh at how sort of um, diminished he was in that description. Cause like he's Johnny Depp, right? Like in his own mind and the way that his fans perceive him. But to Amber Heard, he's just an old dude playing guitars with his buddies. And she finds this incredibly boring. And I was like, <laughs> Oh God, that hits me a little bit in the soul. I got to say there were, there were many jokes about the weekend when Greg showed up with a guitar saying, we're gonna have to hide the guitar from Mike after the hours. of the <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You got, you hurt me with that. Did, guys. did you see the clip of Johnny when it looks like he's very serious and writing down things that are being said on the stand? And then he hands the piece of paper that he's been writing onto his lawyer. The lawyer looks at it, kind of smiles and nods, and then it zooms in on the paper. And it was just a caricature sketch that he was drawing. The woman. <laughs> no, come Actually, on. Is that it's for really real? good. Yeah, it's real. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And have you seen him getting out of the car to the trial? No. no. He blares reggae music, but it's cranked <laughs> up so loud so everyone could hear it. He just seems like the most chill guy who does not give a shit about the trial. And he like <laughs> knows he's winning everyone over. <laughs> Hold on. I got to look at this thing. This is amazing. Um Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the sketch is really good. That's why the lawyer's like pretty impressed and he, he smiles and laughs at it. There's a TikTok made of it. Uh, here That's like, uh, remember that scene in the Big Lebowski where uh, like Jackie Treehorn, there's a scene where like Jeff Bridges as the dude is like, he's hanging out in this weird place and he's talking to this guy that owns this mansion and he's describing something and the guy who owns the mansion grabs like a little pad of paper and he he's writing down the stuff that um, the Big Lebowski's <laughs> telling him and then he leaves the room and the, and the big Lebowski goes over and he does that thing where he takes the pencil and he starts like writing on the paper that was underneath it. And you know, when you kind of pencil it, Trace in, you, can, it you can get it. Yes. You can see what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was just like a picture of a guy standing with a giant boner. Like the guy <laughs> just, he just sketched that and the dude kind of gives it a little look, but that was very funny. Max, how does it look? Did you find this clip? Uh, it's too long of a video to, to go through, mm. but uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. But the, the, yeah, this TikTok is funny. It's good. It's got a million likes. Wow. Yeah. The, the, the lawyer puts his glasses on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The setup is perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's excellent. Matt Frookman was messaging me trying to, uh, you know, make up like I forget the last pod. I must have said like I that pissed me off because you mentioned that he was saying that I wasn't intelligent enough to. Uh, yeah. And then you said that pissed me off. Yeah. That was your response to, to, to yeah. because Matt accused you. And then it turned out and Mike of not. Uh, yes. Of, of not reading any Michael Lewis books. And then you said that annoyed you. And then you guys basically for the first night in Ellicottville, Shane was very distracted, despite the fact uh, that he was reuniting with 19 of his closest friends. He spent a solid hour and a half looking at his phone, just texting Matt Brookman the whole time. <laughs> Yes. I was, well, I was, like, I was trying to make an enemy a friend. You I was know? like, Shane, what are you, uh, what are you doing? He's like, I'm texting Matt Brookman. <laughs> so how did well, it go? Because he, so he said that comment that was very pretentious and annoying and jerkish <laughs> in my opinion. And then he, he kind of doubled down on it. He goes, oh, I'm, it was one of those things. It was like populist wording a little bit. It was like, oh, I'm sorry this happened or this came across. However, mentioning winning time kind of randomly, I was kind of right, wasn't I? Yeah. And I was like, if you fucking knew your shit, you'd know that winning time <laughs> is connected to his career. Because winning time was being criticized for not being factually accurate. Michael Lewis wrote The Blind Side, which was criticized for not being accurate. 
by the the main actor was portraying the football player, but the football player was pissed off to some extent about that, the way he was portrayed. So I was trying to get into the conversation about that. Then he starts disputing whether that was true or not. So then I'm pulling up uh, articles and sending them to him and we're going back and forth. And then he just started incessantly messaging me and I couldn't read it anymore. But that's how it ended. Well, you were with a lot of your friends. It wasn't the time to do that. But, you know, what we'll do is we'll all get together and, uh, you know, hash it out. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Having Matt and pops together, that'd be fun. I think that'd be a really good hang. Yeah. It would be fun to see them um, sparring back and forth. Jousting. Over they, pop should culture. Go to, they should go to a film together. I think I've suggested that to pops uh, before, but uh, yeah. I'm but sure the other movie patrons would appreciate that. <laughs> the amount of talking that would go on during, during that the movie. Film. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but that's a, that's a good way to say, if you haven't already check out, say you're a Jay Baruchel fan. This is now the time to say we also talked to Michael Lewis in the last episode. And if you're a basketball fan, we talked to Nick Nurse in a previous episode. And we've talked to who else we had on, guys? Oh, uh, we had Nick Nurse on our inaugural episode. Have we mentioned Nick Nurse, Mike? Yeah, we did. I just did it. Yeah. Oh, I know. Then he did again. And yeah. Then oh, shit. I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. No, it's good. But we got Nick Nurse on, so that's good. And then. Yeah. Good and then guess. we have someone after Nick Nurse. Oh, yes. Of course. John Wilson. Oh. Oh, that's a great one. Good pull. Great episode. So listen to the ones with the guests, listen to the ones with us, drink a blue lobster, have a good time. And guys, on this episode, we have Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel has been a part of our lives for a very long time. Like he's probably one of the earliest faces uh, I remember seeing on television to a certain degree, right? Because he was the- Popular Mechanics for Kids. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, obviously, and then some, a bunch of his films. Shane, in, I mean, in this interview, you'll hear there's some good sort of like a journey through Jay's career, talking about the films he's made, the shows he's been in. Um, and honestly, like my thoughts on Jay are, I, I didn't like, obviously, like, I don't know him, you know, too. I know him the way that most people consume him, which is that he's, you know, in sort of popular culture. He's in these, these shows and these movies. But I don't know if I've ever listened to him sort of like speak it in depth or sort of like frame his own career and his thoughts on his career. And I thought that he was really, um, really thoughtful in the way that he approached it. And he answered our questions while also being game for the silly stuff that we were doing uh, along with the interview. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much. Frookman hates that. So uh, he says the preambles were too long. (laughs) Yes, I know. You can't get it out. He's not wrong. He can just be nicer, you know? (laughs) Okay. Without further ado, let's go to our interview with Jay Burrishell. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi there, gang. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing Thanks for this. being here. So, how's uh, how's the uh, how's the morning going? Are they just are you doing all of the whole circuit and everything? Yeah, we're we're I'm I'm I'm, I'm chatting with some folks. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's lovely. It's uh, you know, it's earlier than I typically thrive, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's going well. Thank you. What what does it like a morning look like for Jay normally? Well, it depends if, uh, um, well, if, uh, if I'm like at the cottage by myself, dealer's friggin' choice. Uh, um, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm in the same place as my wife, then whenever she gets up, which is typically quarter to nine, um, which I know to a lot of people still seems late oh. <laughs> to someone, to someone who woke up at at least 12 or 1 PM 95% of my twenties and most of my thirties, it's like, it's a Herculean effort to be up that early. So. Yeah. I used to be able to sleep until one or two, but once you have kids, it's impossible for me to sleep past 7am. Just oh, won't happen. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I wish if it wasn't for the dictator next to me in bed, I, 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 you know, I there's, there's a, <laughs> she just walked in. No, I just there's a, ask her when I wake up, and I say I wake up when you wake up because I would sleep forever. Anyway, sorry, you're not a dictator. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's when I wake up. <laughs> um, well, I, kind of where I wanted to start uh, is first of all, it's kind of like a big day for the three of us, Max, Shane, and myself, because we're about to actually leave for Ellicottville, New York, for a friend of ours' 40th birthday party. So we're very excited to be talking to you right before we go. Uh, but I, my, you know, I was reading up on you a little bit, and I saw that you recently had a 40th birthday party this month. So happy belated birthday, first of all. Second of all, I want to know, like, what did you do? Uh, was it exciting? And to tie into the show a bit, how how do you frame getting older? Is it an existential thing for you where you're like, I can't believe I'm getting older? Or are you like, yeah, it's just another day? Oh, uh, well, thank you. Um, uh, to Yeah, thank you, first of all. Um, second of all, what do we do? We... Um, well, uh, <laughs> my wife's a very patient woman. Uh, we went, uh, which basically took a pilgrimage to some World War II museums in Malta that I really wanted to see because there's this, uh, I have a, a kind of a, a pretty profound interest in the Second World War. And there's this one historical figure uh, that, you know, sort of, I feel an affinity to another uh, Montreal boy called George Burling. And he was like one of Canada's greatest uh, spitfire races during the war. Um, and, uh, and his whole sort of uh, coming of age and everything that's the, the bulk of his combat was, uh, was over the skies of Malta. And so it was a place it's a, it's a, you know, tiny spot that I know a lot about, even though I am not, Maltese had never been there, anything like that. And so, uh, so yeah, we went there and just went to a whole bunch of World War II museums. And then, and then uh, when we came back, 
my parents were like, how do you want to celebrate with us? I was like, I think we should all go to the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum. <laughs> Yeah, which is my favorite museum and so uh so yeah so that's what we did um so you had no and, desire to party i no uh, whatsoever i i just like um all right i'm gonna blow everyone's mind uh yeah i'm a big uh, uh pothead fine but i don't uh <laughs> yeah, that's that's it and like i don't drink i don't do anything else and and i'm like i've always been kind of i've always been had homebody inclinations and like you know being mm-hmm. on tv since i was 12 uh working down in los angeles at 18 um i you know and then going to high school in downtown montreal at like a f- fine art school across the street from mcgill like and just like you know in grade 10 grade 11 you know going to parties and you know mile end and shit like I don't know. I got it all out of my system pretty early. And, um, and for me, I would like, I don't know. Happiness is like, yeah, there's never enough books to read, never enough movies to watch, never enough music to listen to. So I just like, uh, yeah, that's, that's my shit. Can you, you want to come to Alec? Sorry. His, his, his question is probably better than mine. Yeah. Um, Depends how much I have to do that. Day. Like, are you uh, high now? Uh, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> That's legal, right? You can be high now. <laughs> well, look, look, there's a, there's a scale, you know. It's a yes or no, Jay. I've been more high. Yeah. <laughs> and you can function. See, I can't, if I even sniff like second degree weed smoke, I'm ruined. Yeah, I don't have that problem. <laughs> That's good. So you can function. You could work high theoretically. Yeah, I. But I. 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 You know, it depends. Like, it depends what that work is. You know, it's a very. I. I. You know, it's a very specific calculation. Um. Um. But and I also like. You know, I'll say like, if I indulge on a day where I've got shit to do, it's not the same as if I've got nothing to do. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. And then Max, I feel like you had a more, Sorry, uh, a, a less, you know, a less probing question about Jay's habits. Oh no, I just wanted to know if you wanted to come to Ellicottville, New York, with us. Oh yeah, come with us. Come with us. Birthday party. That'd be amazing. It's like it didn't seem like you really did, but if you want to join fifteen dudes uh, to to sleep in like an eight bedroom uh, chalet, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome to join us. Well, thank you so much. Uh, um, let me like, yeah, let me, let, let, let's revisit that. Expert, expert. How many, t- so I feel like everybody probably in, in a position like yours has to think about funny ways to get out of bad offers and bad <laughs> ideas at the bar. Hey, do you want to come to this other bar? Do you want to come to this after party? Do you want to work on the show with me? Yeah. 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 Let's revisit that. <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use that. That's a great idea, Jay. You, 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 you can put a pin in anything. You just buy <laughs> just buy yourself some time, and uh, and 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 then let the math the math do the rest. <laughs> yeah, the guy who we're going to his 40th. He is the biggest undeclared fan. In fact, right before this interview, we were texting him because uh, he's actually giving us a ride. And we told him we're doing an interview right beforehand with you, and he oh, said cool. for us to tell you that it's a masterpiece. 
A goddamn masterpiece. Yeah, a god, tell yeah. him undeclared is a goddamn masterpiece. Was his I direct agree, quote. And, and he has impeccable taste. And thank you. That's that's a lovely thing to hear. That's- He's also a World War II buff as well. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Huh, so you guys are, are kindred spirits. You're making us <laughs> LA. <laughs> I wanted to ask, just in relation to masterpieces, you agreed that it was a masterpiece undeclared. How many masterpieces do you think you have in your catalog of work that you've done? Mm. Ooh. Oh. Uh, um, <clears throat> that I've done already mm-hmm. as opposed to left in me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, you know, I've been, I, I, I am, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful because, you know, there's, and there's, there's definitely an element of just fortune um, and luck in there. Um, Cause I, I have a, I, I've been in some good ones, man. And so I, I, I boy, it's like at least, Honestly, it's at least like five or six, I have to say. And I and that's, you know, and it's not a word I, you know, I don't try to cheapen it. I think it's I want it to mean what it's supposed to mean. And but I'm just like, yeah, you know, I I, I'm lucky enough to have been in a movie that won Best Picture, the friggin Oscars. I'm, you know, lucky enough to have been in Tropic Thunder, uh, you know, I bunch of how to train your dragon movies like I, I i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty lucky that i got that mine is like now look there, there's some crap too like there there's you know uh that that's just like that's gonna happen but uh um but yeah i'm i'm I, there's at least half a dozen which is pretty special have you ever Speaking- played mary fuck kill with your movies like if you had to <laughs> <laughs> no, no i i haven't uh, no. let's try yeah all right let's, let's do it so okay um oh boy i guess um well i have to marry um yeah goon or goon too mm. obviously um um probably one of uh Probably going, um, going to, um, what the hell just happened? Just, yeah, you went into weird warble mode. Somebody, something happened with ice. Your publicist doesn't want you to fuck one of your movies, so she's. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably fuck. Uh, this is the end because oh, it's yeah. like crazy and you know bunch of bunch of la people and i don't know uh, and then uh kill that's a tough one oh boy um can it be a person in a movie that i <laughs> <laughs> uh no i um oh you know you never want to shit on because every piece of crap is somebody's baby you know uh but i um yeah, I didn't love most of this TV show I did uh, called Just Legal, um, mm. and I didn't have a blast doing it, though my co-star is a wonderful person to, to work with, and I'm very lucky to work with Don Johnson. Um, but uh, I, uh, yeah, so if I, if I had to get rid of any of it, if I had to, it'd be, it would be that one. Um, yeah. Just Legal. Okay, yeah. Haven't heard of that one. There, there's a fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when when Bruckheimer and Disney get together, um, rarely do they fail. Uh, both times they did, I, <laughs> I was involved. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> hey, um, Jay, how do you go about sort of like sort of sketching out your year or in terms of projects? You know, uh, you're, you're sort of back on, on the hosting uh, game uh, right now. Um, do you have sort of like different categories in your mind of like, OK, I want to do something where I'm writing or I want to do something where I'm just hosting? Like, how do, you, how do you how do you think about all that? Yeah, um, certainly. Um, so it starts with like the thing is I want to do the most and then um, and then responsibilities. And uh, and so like, you know, the, the entirety of my acting career that I'm very fortunate to have, um, uh, it was never my raison d'etre. And like, I always, 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 always wanted to write and direct. Like I started acting at 12, it was like from eight or nine on that I had been telling my parents I want to direct. So even when I started at 12, mom said, this will be the best film school in the world. You'll be, you'll be like Ron Howard. You're going to learn everything about, you know, from, from the guts out, you know? And so kind of driving force for me is working towards my writing and directing career and, 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 and taking that as seriously as I can. Um, then there's all the obligations and, you know, I, I mean far more, um, as, as an actor for whatever than I do in the other categories. And so in the other categories, I'm, 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 I'm quite a neophyte. And so, and they're both freelance gigs, right? And so it is, you, you pile, you, you go with your heart and you try to make the best decision you can, but you also can't. You know, would that it would be so simple that I could just like focus on a thing, don't finish it, focus on another thing, finish it. It's never like that. It's like I have an idea, try to get that going. It gets going to some degree. While that's happening, I get another idea or somebody offers me something or somebody asks me if I'd like to be a part of something, then that gets going to some degree. And then it's about things that are at like varying levels of maturation. Now, sometimes it's a turnkey ready thing. Sometimes it's like, here's the thing. There's money. They're going no matter what. They want you to do it, you know, and you have to sort of take kind of that shit seriously. Um, but yeah, it's 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 basically that. And and I, ha- you know, my my passion is much more in, you know, yeah, writing and directing, but I, I, I quite enjoy um, the hosting stuff. I, I really do, you know, I, and I don't enjoy like just hosting in a vacuum. Like that's not the thing I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like, I love getting to do last one laughing. I love getting to do, we're all going to die. Cause it's like shit that I would watch and it's fun to do. And so, um, so yeah, somewhere between, uh, uh, passion and, and obligation is is kind of how my year work gets figured out. So we have a friend. I, you might be pals with him. Do, do you know Tim McAuliffe? He's a Montreal comedy writer. Yeah. So yeah. So Tim's a, a good pal of ours. And when I'm in down in LA, he's like my one friend that I get to hang out with, and he's he's awesome. And I I, always, I like being around him because, as you say, like there's a lot of people that have ideas and are working really hard on stuff and are a part of a lot of different types of projects. And I'm always particularly fascinated by people in comedy and how they're able to bounce around from writing something to hosting a podcast to maybe doing stand up to doing TV appearances. Is there like, and as a musician, I'm always sort of looking at the landscape of other musicians that are like, Oh, that person's doing a lot of producing now. Is there somebody who, uh, or, or, or friends of yours that like go, oh, that guy's sort of figured it out and dialed it in in a particular way that seems like a good speed that you admire uh, in terms of workflow? Um, well, anybody that has, it just is like, that. that's where the, the kind of lottery of it comes in, I think, because like, I have no idea. 
I know what I like and what I want to do. So like, you know, I can hear a song and love it and know that it means like fuck all to most of the world. Right. And, and I can create something and love it and know that it means fuck all to the rest of the world. So, so when someone has a kind of workflow that I am in, that I'm like, Oh, that's, that would be the dream. They somehow won that lottery where they made a thing that they mm. love that everybody else loved. And then that affords you uh, time and, and space and money and wiggle room. And then you get to kind of curate your life or your career a bit more and actually make something, you know, of, of like a, of a slate, right. Of, of upcoming things. But that is like a very rarefied percentile, you know, like, like even Cronenberg who, you know, for me, David Cronenberg, probably greatest living filmmaker, certainly in this country, but probably in the world. And and he like still has to fight tooth and nail to get movies funded. Right. And I promise you, he doesn't just sort of like try to get one movie funded for a decade. Well, during that decade, he wouldn't he would be doing his artwork and his and his and everyone else that jams with him and his family a disservice. Right. Unless you can fucking afford to. And then there's a whole other class of people that have either made enough money or are born with enough money that they can kind of just like be Bruce Wayne and, you know, go paint for two fucking years. And, you know, and something <laughs> comes of it. How long? You know, it's interesting because, like, obviously, you you've been in the industry a long time. You have this veterans sort of view of how the industry works. How long did it take you to sort of understand the game and have like sort of that, that perspective of what, how something can be successful or not. Like you said, the lottery, you know, so many has to be such a confluence of things for something to really work. How long did it take you to sort of exit like a naive era of your early career into being like, Oh, I understand how this works now. Oh boy. I don't know. Like I, I kind of think it's one of those things that like, like it was apparent fairly early on that if there is a rhyme or reason or an algorithm, I'm just like not built to understand it. And, and thank fuck, I wouldn't want to, I, cause then I would be creating an assertive, like for lack of a less hokey term, like a kind of impure way. Right. Like I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd be sort of like building it for something and, and, and it would be kind of calculated and, and to a degree, like, I don't know. I, I, I think the height of, creation is when like an idea picks you and you have to figure out why, as opposed to having something to say and figuring out a way to say it. You know, I, I, I think the other thing is kind of like, you know, being touched from above. And I think everything else is kind of like troubleshooting. And there's enough of that in certainly enough of that in screenwriting, I, I, I think. So, um, and I also think I don't, I just, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I am constantly in a flux between cynical and, and naive because I, I, I think I want to keep that naive. I still want to be the kid that like when I watch a movie, I want to like turn off the part of my brain as best I can that knows how it was built and just fucking enjoy it. Because I know that the minute I stop being able to, I don't know that I could ever recreate that or trigger that in someone else. Right. Like I, I think my naivete is like has to be preserved, you know, at, at the cost of whatever ability I have to create. Now, I also know this is me, you know, so like who the fuck cares, but this is the inner workings of, uh, of, of, of sort of my head and my heart vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, my life as an artist. When you get a job, what do they consider your screen age to be? And what I mean by that is like Jared Leto's in his fifties, but his screen age is probably 35. He's playing vampires. Yeah. He's starring in We Crash playing the 30 something year old. What is your screen age? 
Yeah, I mean that's also just insane. Uh, but I, I <laughs> um, you're similar though. Yeah, well, typically it was like 10, 10 years behind. Mm-hmm. So like when I did this movie called The Trotsky, where I was a high schooler, I was like sixteen. I was twenty six, and that was kind of like what Matthew Broderick was when he did Ferris Bueller. So typically it was like ten years. But as um, as my uh, <laughs> as my widow's peaks gain influence. <laughs> on- <laughs> <laughs> you know there's just certain things that are like now i just have noticed used to be like people i would tell people how old i was and they'd be like damn i would have thought you were like 20 now and so it's always like 10 15 years behind lately it's still like people i still don't think i look my age but still it's just like wow i would have thought you were 38 right <laughs> two years yeah it's yeah. catching yeah. up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i guess uh lastly as we sort of wrap um as it pertains to the show, obviously, like death is a huge theme. You know the you know the idea of exi- you know existence on this planet sort of ending. How we're all going to die? Is death something that you are preoccupied by, or is it sort of something you're like, oh, this project's fascinating. I am kind of interested in it. Or is it something that you've sort of carried with you? You know, the thought of it or your own demise. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, t- terribly uh, morbid for most of my life, um, <laughs> and. Um, you know, I don't know if this, I don't know that this is the uh, place to like unpack <laughs> why, uh, but, 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 uh, um, or appropriate, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, um, probably just a function of like self-defense, something like that. But, um, and, and I, and I suspect it's at least like that there are some kind of, uh, ethnic components to it as well. Um, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, it is something that occupies, you know, a bunch of my thinking probably more than I care to, I, I, than I'd like. And, um, so, but also I am just like, when you kind of zoom out beyond my own, I am just sort of typically more interested in like, you know, the kind of fucked up or sad shit or, or scary shit than I, than anything else. And, it, and it's not from any, like, there's no weird pleasure. It just is like, you know, I've, I've never been fascinated by happiness. I have forever been fascinated by like what makes people mad, angry, sad, crazy, whatever, you know, like I, I, I just like, and um, yeah. So, so, so this, so when I was asked, <laughs> do you want to host a show that's like PMK, but about existential risk? I was like, probably. <laughs> Man, I, I should have done death first because I yeah. feel like that ended on a more sad note than, uh, than you know, where we've been out through the entirety of the interview. But uh, yeah, Maxi or Shane, if you guys have anything, but Jade, like this has been awesome and thank you for being so open. And I feel like I know way more about you than I did before I got on this. And I, you know, thank I you so much. Thanks you. for the kind words and thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much, Jay. Appreciate it, guys. Have a nice day. Eh? You too. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.